Welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple, the podcast for moms who want to go from chaos to calm, from overwhelmed to organized, and to find balance between family responsibilities and personal growth. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Let's make mom life simple. Hey guys, welcome to the Mom's Life Made Simple podcast. I'm Chanel Nielsen, your host. Today we are talking about the importance of play. Not just play as a kid, but play for us, for the moms. And I think this is such an important topic because it's so easy to overlook. We get so busy. There are so many things to do that play seems like, yeah, not even a thought, not even something that's on our radar. Um, I'm going to talk today about why it's important, what it looks like to play, and some ways that you can incorporate it into your life. So before we start off, let's go with uh, the review of the week. And this is from Rebecca Nudger, who says, inspiring with insights you can apply today. Chanel mixes in practical advice, insights from great thinkers, stories from life, and spiritual wisdom to guide you through your day. I really enjoyed discovering this podcast and look forward to more episodes. Tune in and enjoy. R. Clark. All right. Well, thank you so much for that review. If you guys haven't left yet, please go and leave a rating and review. I would love to read it on the show, and I appreciate so much when you do that. So thank you for that. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about the importance of play. When I was a preschool teacher, I had on the wall with vinyl, because this was uh, 2005, 2006, everything was vinyl. And they were vinyl cutout words that said, play is the work of childhood. And I love that quote so much. And that was a philosophy that I really embraced for preschool. I didn't want it to be too structured. We had a structure, but we weren't all about, you know, um, memorization and worksheets and those kind of things. Because as I studied and did my research to what I wanted this preschool to be, I knew that play is how children learn. They have to go in and they have to discover and they have to be having fun. And when all those things come together, they are learning so many things. And so I love that thought that play is the work of childhood. I've recently been um, doing some research and paying more attention to the idea that play is also part of the work of adulthood. And it's so easy for us to overlook, isn't it? I mean, there's just, as I mentioned before, there are so many other things that we have to do that play can just seem like frivolous. It can seem like we just don't have the time to do it and it isn't something that we should bother with. But play is also very important for adults. So when I first heard this concept, I didn't even really understand what it meant. Like, how do adults play? What does that mean? What does that look like? So I'm going to give you a couple of definitions. So Brene Brown says that play is time spent without purpose. It's doing things just because they're fun and not because they'll help achieve a goal. And it's anything that makes us lose track of time and self-consciousness. So I love that idea. Okay, so you're just doing something without a purpose just because it's fun to do. That is play. Stuart Brown is a play researcher, and he gives some of the benefits of play. Um, There are five benefits that he lists out. So adults that play have a better quality of life. 
they have decreased stress, they're more connected with their community, they're more optimistic, and they're more empathetic. So I think those are things that we all very clearly want in our lives, right? We want to have better quality of life, less stress, be connected with other people, be happier, right? Be more optimistic. Those are all really good things, but I don't think that we often connect them to play. Seeing this connection was pretty eye-opening for me. So as I have pondered this concept, I've wondered, do I play? Am I someone who takes the time to play? And maybe like me, you're not sure. Do I play? What does that look like? I don't even know. Um, There are things that I enjoy doing, but I wasn't really sure if they counted as play or not. So one thing that can help you to determine is what you're doing play is to think about what you enjoyed doing as a child. What interested you then? When you were a kid, how did you like to play? Now, it doesn't mean it's going to look exactly the same as an adult, but it can give you some clues as to what play can look like. So we're going to do a fun activity today. So Stuart Brown, who I mentioned, is a play researcher, and he says there are seven properties that describe play. So I'm going to list those out, and then we're going to go through, and I'm going to share an activity of mine to determine if it's play. Now, as I read these, I want you to do this. I want you to think of something that you do that might be play. You're thinking through your day, and you're like, okay, well, I did this sometimes. Is that play? Well, here are the questions to ask yourself. Is it purposeless, this thing that you do? It's not a means to an end. You're not accomplishing something. It's without purpose. Is it voluntary? You're choosing to do it. Is there an inherent attraction to it? Meaning, is it something you enjoy doing? Do you just like to do it just because? This one is big. While you're doing this activity, is there a freedom from time? Um, When I think of this one, it's like the opposite of being at, you know, being on the clock at work at a boring job where you're just watching the clock. You just can't wait. It's where time just went by so quickly and you're like, wow, where did the time go? That is one of the hallmarks of play. So is there freedom from time? Next, does it diminish the consciousness of self while you're doing this thing? Are you unselfconscious, not sitting there worrying about yourself, how you're coming across, whatever that looks like? You're not self-conscious. Does the thing that you're doing have, is it improvisational or have improvisational potential? So what this means is, um, I often, you see this a lot with kids, with their toys, Blocks are improvisational toys. You can do anything with blocks. You can build a castle. You can build a wall. You can make them all in a line, whatever. There's a lot of things you can do with blocks. But some of the plastic toys that we get our kids where all you can do is press a button are not improvisational. There's only one thing you can do with this toy, press a button. Um, So our play, the thing that we are considering Is there more than one way to do it? Is it open-ended? Can we do it our own way? And finally, does it have a continuation desire? Meaning, does doing this thing make you want to do it more? Okay, hopefully as you've answered these questions, if the thing that you're talking about 
has all these qualities, then it can be considered play. So one of the things that I wondered, I really enjoy reading. And so I wanted to know, is reading play for me? Um, I read a lot as a kid. I enjoyed reading. I thought it was really fun to go to the library and get a stack of books. I still think that's fun. Um, And to just sit and read books. So is my reading purposeless? The answer to that one is sometimes yes and sometimes no. I read a lot more nonfiction than I used to, uh, both for my work and also just I, I want to have this deep desire to be educated and learn so many things. Well, that is not purposeless. So I decided, okay, well, nonfiction reading for the most part is out. However, fiction reading is pretty purposeless. I still learn things, but it's not um, a means to an end. It's just because. So fiction reading. Is it voluntary? Yeah, I'm choosing to do it. Is there an inherent attraction to it? Yes, definitely. It's just something that I enjoy doing. While doing it, there is freedom from time. Totally. As I read a good book, a good novel, I can lose track of time. I sometimes um, will multitask and read that book while I'm doing other things if it's that good because I just want to stay engrossed in it. It has improvisational potential. I had to really think of this one. Can I improvise when I'm reading a book? The words are there on the page. I thought of, do you guys remember those choose your own adventure books where you could definitely improvise the ending? You would flip to a certain page if you wanted um, a certain thing to happen in the book. However, most of the books that I'm reading are not choose your own adventure, but I do think it has an improvisational potential because as you're reading, you're using your imagination. How are you picturing the characters? What does it look like? What is the scene in your mind? And just that element of improvisation, for me, makes that a yes. Um, Reading novels is improvisational. And finally, does reading novels have a continuation desire which makes you want to do it more? Yes. So I found one. For me, reading novels is one of the ways that I play. It may not be for you, right? You may not enjoy reading novels and the questions that we just went through might not apply. So Every one of us is going to find something different and a a different way, an individual way that we enjoy playing. So I'm going to share a few examples that I've played recently. The other night we came home and our next door neighbors were having a wedding. They had warned us ahead of time. And when we got home, we knew why, because it was loud. They had a DJ and the music was just cranking it. And it was really fun. Um, a couple of my kids and my husband and I went out on our balcony and we danced like no one was watching, even though people were watching from the wedding because they were in the backyard next door and they saw and they cheered us on and we just danced on this balcony and it was so fun. Um, totally fits all those qualifications. And then my daughter and I went out we, when we had enough of, um, you know, people cheering for us and them watching us. We went down to the trampoline where we could still hear the music but not be seen. And we just had a dance party of two and and our little, my five-year-old also joined us for a while. So dance party of three. And we just danced. That was definitely play. Um, as I thought about that experience, though, it's 
not that often that I let myself spontaneously just play like that, but it felt so good and it was so fun. Dancing is a great way to play. If you can do it unselfconsciously and just for fun, dancing in the in the family room, dancing in the kitchen, just around your family um, is a lot of fun and a great way to play. Swimming is another way that I like to play. Um, and again, I this is why I think that this concept resonated with me so much because I can go swimming and still not play. I can just, you know, sit in the hot tub or just hang out in the pool without playing. But if I let myself just feel the water, go back and forth, jump off the grotto, whatever it is, um, and get into that the moment, then I'm able to play. That's a big uh, thing that holds me personally back from playing is allowing myself to be in the moment. And maybe that rings true for you because we are doing the to-do list. We're doing the thing. We have a lot of things to do. And play just seems like, uh, it seems like, I mentioned the word frivolous earlier. It does seem frivolous. And it seems like hard to switch gears to go from check all the boxes, do all the things, to not just not checking boxes, but letting go of the list. It takes an element of letting go. And that, to me, is why it is so crucial for moms. We have to be able to set down the list to play. And when we do that, we're going to come back to the list refreshed, ready to go, excited, and feeling so much more joy in our lives. There are a lot of things in my life that are sometimes play and sometimes not play. And it really depends on my mentality and and how I approach it. So I love to walk outside, but sometimes it's very goal-oriented. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, but it's not as playful as it would be otherwise. I'm trying to get a certain number of steps. I need to get my exercise done for the day, whatever it is. And so I'm going for a walk, but that walk is a means to an end. It has a purpose. It's a little less spontaneous and it's just a little less playful. Um, Sometimes playing with my kids is that way. Carter really loves to do board games and sometimes I'm sitting and I'm playing a game with him, but I'm watching the clock. I'm ready for it to be over. I've got other things I need to do. I'm just getting this done so I can say I did it and he, you know, doesn't feel neglected and whatever. But sometimes I can be good at Candyland and I can be into this game and I can be playing Battleship and really um, having a fun time. So the final element of play for me is letting go. It's being fully present. It's being there in the moment so that play becomes a joy. So that you are not thinking of all the other things, but you're really enjoying your play. And so that's my challenge for you. If you weren't able to come up with an activity that fit those criteria, then it's time to look around and say, what would be play for me? And if you feel like you don't have time to play, then that's something else that we can work on. We definitely want to create space in our schedule so that we have time to just let go of what needs to be done. And we have a system so that we know, okay, when I pick that 
part of my mind up again and I go back to the list, no worries. I know how I'm going to get that done. And it's very um, reassuring to know that you know how that's all going to happen and you can set it down for a while to be the fun mom, something I continue to work on. So I hope this has been helpful and just um, thought-provoking that you think about what play can look like and how you can enjoy play a little bit better. I wanted to let you know about a free resource that I have available for you. It is at chanelnielsen.com. You'll just, that's my main website, and you will see a link to a free ebook I wrote all about how to get in self-care. This book walks you through what different types of self-care look like, and some of these can definitely fit into this category that we've talked about today of play. So go and check that out, chanelnielsen.com. I will see you here next week. Thanks for being here. Bye. Thanks for listening to Mom's Life Made Simple. Need some help making your mom life simple? I offer group coaching programs using my four-step method called the Mom's Method. This is a process of manifestation, organization, mobilization, and simplification that will give you the balance, progress, and joy you're looking for. Visit ChanelNielsen.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Chanel Nielsen Coaching. I love to hear from you. Reach out with your questions, your feedback, and let me know how I can help make your mom life simple.